Hi, everyone. My name's Amanda Tran and welcome back to Self. I'm here to share ideas, experiences and have conversations to explore the self with the aim of all of us living happier and healthier lives. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are here to talk about toxic relationships, why we stay in them and some steps that you can take if you do find yourself in a toxic relationship to navigate through and perhaps something helpful here if you're coming out of one. I guess a bit of context uh, to this episode is that I've more recently this year come out of quite an unhealthy relationship. And when For clarity, when I'm talking about toxic relationships, it doesn't have to be in the context of a a romantic or intimate relationship. Toxic relationships can exist in the form of friendships, in the form of family dynamics as well. So yeah, this year, as I said, I actually for the coming out of this relationship, I was with um, this person for about a year and a half and quite early on, I did realize that this wasn't a healthy relationship for me and yet I chose to stay. And as I said, we were together for about a year and a half. Now, I think often when we observe and watch people we know, friends or family in unhealthy dynamics or in toxic relationships, there's often this question that we ask, which is why do you stay? Or why did you stay? Why did you stay for so long? And this is, you know, a fair enough question. I understand why people ask it. And I guess the simple answer to that is it's a lot harder when you're in it to come out of, to come out of it. And I wanted to address kind of some of the reasons, at least for me, upon reflection, why I stayed for so long. And my hope is, I guess, that if you're someone who has a friend or a family member going through this, that this allows you some insight into it. Or if you're someone who finds yourself in an unhealthy dynamic, um, I guess that, you know, you're not alone. Um, And I think there are many of us who have been in the same situation and find it hard to leave or to come out if that's what you're hoping to do. I think one of the first reasons why we often stay, something I realized is that there's familiarity with childhood wounds or something that's pulling you back uh, to something that's happened in the past. For me, I grew up in an abusive home. There was a very toxic and unhealthy dynamic um, from my dad towards my mum and as well as my dad towards me uh, and my brother as well. So Growing up in that kind of situation, I guess, programs you in a certain way. And what became the norm for me was a certain level of abuse, physical, emotional, psychological, and a level of acceptance. Now, we don't need to get into the details, I think, of the actual dynamic of toxic relationships because that can look different for every individual or for every relationship. But the important thing that I draw from this is how can I 
as an adult now be accountable? How can I be responsible for myself? And what can I learn from this situation? So in in the circumstance of being a child when I was a kid, I, by no means is it a child's responsibility to, or really even if it's not an option for them to remove themselves from a toxic environment. So absolutely when it comes to parents, um, especially any type of parental abuse towards a child, that is solely on the responsibility of the parent to stop this kind of behaviour. Now, reflecting on this as an adult though, I recognise that this became the norm for me. Subconsciously, I actually had started to accept that this is the dynamic that would play out in my future relationships. Now, very early on um, in one in my first serious relationship, some of this did play out. There was uh, a lot of control, uh, a lot of uh, unhealthy patterns and behaviours from both of us that came out. And I stayed in that relationship for a long time and it called to just something deeply familiar inside of me. And even though consciously you are aware that it's unhealthy, there is safety in the familiar. And likewise, in my last relationship, there was also something there that was pulling me back this familiarity to childhood in the way that my dad treated me. And I saw, you know, I could see there that some of the behavior, the way that I felt in that relationship, in this romantic relationship, mimicked the way that I had felt as a child, the way that I could imagine my mum felt um, in her marriage. And so breaking out of these patterns can be really challenging when we don't actually acknowledge where these wounds come from. And even though I think for many of us, we're able to learn from pain of the past and go, that's not something I want to repeat, which was the case for me. I had looked at those behaviors and gone, I never want to see this in my relationship. I don't ever want to feel this way again because it played on this old pattern and this familiarity. It's something that I was willing to stick through for a lot longer um, than perhaps I should have. The next reason why we we often stay is this addiction to the hot and cold or this push and pull dynamic. I guess in a similar way to kind of how drugs can affect us, when you have something that gives you these extreme lows and then you pull it back up to a high, it's very addictive for the brain. And what I was finding in this last relationship was we would have these extremely low moments and then things would be great for some period of time. And I was clinging onto that. And that was, it, it wasn't this conscious kind of addiction where I recognize like, hey, I love this because I didn't. My body, my nervous system didn't enjoy being in it, but there was just something that would pull me back in and I would ride this, this roller coaster out you know, I'd get brought right back up to a higher. I'm like, everything's great and and it feels awesome. And then something would happen where I felt so unsupported, unheard, um, really misunderstood and quite unsafe 
uh, in the relationship. And what I was hanging on to was, was just waiting for this moment to get pulled back up into this high again. Yeah. And this addiction is quite challenging to come out of when you're not fully aware that that exists. And you have probably heard um, me speak about attachment styles in some previous episodes with some other guests. And a common attachment style, two attachment styles that get drawn together are the anxious and the avoidant styles. So you've got the anxious who pursues and you've got the avoidant who kind of runs away and they both feed into each other. They kind of trigger one another for lack of a better word. And that was what I found in the dynamic of my last relationship where I have, and they they feed into each other, they bring each other out, right? So me kind of naturally being more inclined to having an anxious attachment style whenever I guess I would sense this avoidant part coming out of him, I felt the need to like chase, pursue and cling onto it. And that is unhealthy for both parties because there's not this meeting in the middle of we're both showing up for each other. We're coming from this wounded place for both of us. I think another thing, um, another reason why we often stay in this kind of dynamic is that the unknown seems a lot scarier than the known, even though the known might be unhealthy or toxic. And there's also built into this is this fear of being alone. I think we perhaps on a very deep subconscious level tell ourselves that this dynamic is better than being alone. But truthfully, I mean, a toxic relationship is one that leaves you feeling much worse than simply being alone. And, and in fact, being alone is far better than being in an unhealthy relationship. But there's this fear that dictates, there's this narrative, I guess, part of it's built into society, a part of it comes from our own beliefs and values. But I know for me that there was just this overarching idea that, hey, you know, the alternative to this is being alone and maybe that's a lot worse. Like that's scary. I don't, you know, what is that going to be like? And coming from a place of lacking again, an insecure part of me was clinging on and holding on to something that I knew deep down wasn't good for me. Another reason why we tend to stay is that we cling on to the idea of potential in this other person rather than accepting reality as it is. Um, We also have the need to help or to fix another person. And I've been guilty of this, to be honest, in all my relationships where I've looked at a person and gone, look at all this potential that I see. And I was listening recently, I think, to another podcast, I can't remember who was talking about it, but that there's a difference between potential and path. And so when you recognize the path that someone has laid out before them, you know, that can be, and let's take a really simple example is if you've got someone who is really hardworking um, and has a vision for their future, but you know, you can see in them that they've got this drive, this motivation, and they, they get up and they, are willing to put in the work and they're working 
in whatever job that they can get in order to build up to that path that they've set out before them. That is, I suppose, like a vision, an image of the path that that they can walk upon in future. Potential, on the other hand, I suppose, in all of us is this limitless amount of potential, but reality and their actions don't necessarily meet up with what that can look like. And I've certainly been guilty of this where I will look at someone's potential and go, oh, if only like we just changed this about you, which is absolutely not, to, to be very clear, I don't agree with this position, right? Like this is something that I've learned and observed about myself that I don't want to carry forward in me um, because it isn't our responsibility to change anyone else, nor is it our right to. I think we're accountable and responsible for ourselves and that's something we need to take on and that desire for change needs to be something that's driven from within and something that we seek and aspire for ourselves. So I would look at my partners and go, okay, well, you know, perhaps you've just got really poor communication so we just need to work on this and perhaps, you know, you lack empathy which is what I felt in my previous partner and go, well, Maybe if I just express things in a different way, like you can learn to empathize or there's going to be change and we cling onto this hope for something better instead of taking a step back and going, hold on a second, what, what is reality? How is this person showing up for me? Is there a willingness for growth? Is there a willingness to meet me in the middle? Is there a willingness to show up to consider my needs? Or am I really just hanging on to an idea of something and I'm trying to project this idea onto this person? And as I said, this is something that I did for pretty much the length of the relationship. Um, I have also, I think, done this in friendships as well where I've... uh, you know, perhaps appreciated certain aspects of the friendship or the dynamic and projected an idea and gone, oh, like I'm, you know, just got to stick it out for this. And then eventually that really wears you out as an individual and which kind of leads to my next point where we allow people to then cross our boundaries. And Something I don't think that we perhaps talk about enough or establish early on is what are my boundaries? So without having known what your boundaries are, we don't establish them clearly in a relationship and particularly not in an unhealthy one. And so when you you aren't aware of what these boundaries are and you don't set them, there's this misalignment with ourself, right? Like the idea of boundaries, I think people often see boundaries as something to block and to keep other people out. And that's not really the case. Boundaries are very much about keeping you in line and aligned with yourself. So when we don't set boundaries and acknowledge what we truly deserve, there's opportunity there And we allow space there for us to ignore our gut and our intuition. Um, Upon reflection of this relationship that I was in, 
something I had to be really truthful of with myself was that I knew very early on. Um, and it was just something I was, I guess I was in denial about kind of for all these reasons that I've just listed above, right? It was just something so familiar to childhood. There were fears of being alone, the fear of unknown, this hope and this desire that this person would change. Uh, and I contemplated whether or not to share this, um, but I was going through some past diary entries and these are two diary entries that were a year and two months apart. The first diary entry came probably four months into the relationship uh, and I'm going to share a bit of it with you. And the reason that I'm sharing this is to give an indication of when like of when we truly know, but we actually ignore it. And this was me allowing someone else to cross my boundaries, not establishing my boundaries and yeah, going against what I deep down knew was, wasn't right for me. Okay. So I'm just going to read a bit of this. Um, and to give some context, when I was writing this, this was often just thoughts that I was writing to my partner that I felt I couldn't um, express to him. I sometimes wonder whether you know how cruel you are and my gut tells me that you do. You are in fact fully aware of your actions and for those moments, those days, you just don't care. And if that's the case, why am I allowing myself to put up with someone who would treat me that way? I wonder how long this time will last and here I am telling myself that I won't allow myself to be treated less than I deserve and who knows if I will really honour myself with that. Um, so that was something that I wrote four months into the relationship where there is an acknowledgement there that I did not appreciate and I didn't like being treated that way. And then I continued to allow it to happen. 13 months after that entry. So there's obviously lots in between, but the thing I wanted to highlight here is, is the length of time that we can often allow, like allow these dynamics to continue. So this is 13 months later um, and probably two or three weeks before I ended up um, ending the relationship. You have an incredible way of inflicting more pain on me than anyone ever has. You have a way of communicating so much disdain in the way you look at me, in the tone of your voice. It feels like it's filled with hatred, annoyance. You have a way of making me feel so small. And I have a way of letting you. You have a way of putting the biggest smile on my face and yet draw so much pain and anguish in other moments. It just isn't worth it. Love is not meant to be this hard. Love is not meant to pain, not meant to be this painful, not like this. Now I want to make it clear that me sharing this is not about um, bad mouthing anyone. It's not about the details of the actions or what happened. 
in the circumstances that led me to feel this way. I share that because I think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes we can be in these dynamics and and kind of be aware. I, you know, I read, I read that and the thing that I feel is quite heartbroken and sad for that, for Amanda, for me, that I could have so much awareness and yet still allow my boundaries to be crossed and not acknowledge what it is that I deserved and then take the actions and take the steps to truly see that through. And there was a an event that happened that ultimately led um, to me ending the relationship. And so now obviously coming out of it, I've had a lot of time and space and reflection and it's been the most incredible gift because coming out of that relationship has meant that I am truly so much happier and healthier as an individual and it, and it honestly just didn't take long. It was like cutting something out of you that has been damaging and hurting for so long, removing this and feeling like myself again. That's that's kind of really what it's been about for me this year is just coming back to who I am, coming home to myself. And this is truly the most myself and the most I've ever loved myself in my life. So yeah, if you find yourself or you know someone in this dynamic, I guess something else I wanted to share uh, steps in I guess, dealing and managing this. Um, First of all, I think it's important to acknowledge and to recognize what the dynamic or the relationship is without judgment. And that's without having to look at yourself negatively, even looking at the other person negatively. I recognize that we bring wounds into our relationships and the more that we haven't dealt with the stuff within and done a lot of the work within, we we present this to to friends, but especially to romantic partners. And so acknowledging what the relationship is and acknowledging if it is unhealthy and toxic, being able to, to label it, to accept that that is what it is. And from there, there's an opportunity and a chance for change perhaps. And to be clear, I'm not saying, you know, that everyone who's in a toxic relationship just needs to like cut and bail, nor am I saying that you need to stay and give people a chance for change. I think every situation, every relationship is going to be different. Um, but I guess I do see value in, in acknowledging and bringing it to surface first and perhaps providing an opportunity there or even for you to decide, is there an opportunity for change? Something that was then very helpful for me was opening up to my support network to help navigate it. So the final incident that happened where, you know, for all of this relationship, truthfully, I did not feel respected actually. And, and there was this incident that happened in the end where I guess that was the wake-up call 
for me going, actually, this is really not someone who respects me whatsoever. And when I, when this happened, I contacted a couple of my best friends and they held me to account, which I'm so grateful for. One of my friends said, Amanda, this is an abusive relationship. You need to get out of this. That was it. And he was very clear, very direct. And he's like, I'm telling you this because I care about you. And I've heard, you know, he, he, he had known a lot of the things that had happened through the relationship, not everything, but he's like, this is not healthy and this is not good for you. And as your friend, I need to hold you to account. One of my other friends um, essentially said the same thing and she's like, you know, this isn't good for you. And I think good friends will kind of be there for you and stick it out and you've got, you know, your great friends um, who will hold you to account without judgment and who will tell you the truth even when it's difficult to hear, even when it's difficult to say. And so if you do have a support network, even if that's one person, I encourage you to share openly and be honest with them to help navigate and and to, I guess, get a different perspective as well. I think sometimes being in the middle of all of it, it's challenging to zoom out and to have a bigger perspective. If you decide to leave or to cut ties um, with an individual where you're in this dynamic, then I also encourage you to move towards zero contact. And this was the first relationship that I'd ended and actually tried this. Normally I'm like, a, oh, yeah, we can all be friends <laughs> type of thing. And in my separation it was very amicable. There was a lot of love and respect so we were able to to that baseline existed so there wasn't really a need for this complete cutting of contact and zero contact. Whereas in this relationship I could feel myself getting pulled back in from time to time after it ended and so it was actually really healthy and helpful for me to cut contact completely and allow myself time and space uh, for reflection and for healing and, and just to be alone which is the final thing. You know, when you do find yourself out of this kind of dynamic, it's important to take time to heal and to be with yourself and to come home to yourself. There's an excellent book that has really changed my life called Welcome Home um, by Nejwa Zebian. And in it, she says, that when we build homes in other people, we give them the power to make us homeless. And I realised that much of my life was spent building homes in other people, in my relationships. And so taking the time to actually rebuild that in myself, rebuilding a relationship with myself, rebuilding trust within myself, has taken time and that's it's a beautiful healing journey to come out of that. And like I said, coming out now on the other side, I recognize and I have a lot of compassion for the person that I was when I was in that relationship. I recognize a lot of these old patterns that were playing out and it made sense why 
I struggled for so long to come out of it. And I think for many people who are in it, there's this deep knowing that it's not right. But there's also this feeling that you can't leave or you don't want to perhaps. And I'm not here to judge that at all. Like I said, I've been there. I've experienced this. I've been a part of it and witnessed it my entire life, you know, for 18 years with my parents, in my own relationship with my dad and then in other relationships as well. So it isn't about judgment, but it's about an opportunity to go inward and to reflect and go, hey, why am I in this? What do I want in a, in a healthy dynamic, in a relationship? And what steps can I take that are going to serve me and that are kind to myself? And so if you are listening or watching and you find yourself in this, um, I guess I just want you to know that I understand and I hope that through asking some of these questions, perhaps just going inward and understanding more about yourself that you can make the best decision for you. And if you're someone who is perhaps on the outside and watching someone that you love or care about um, in this situation, then I also encourage you to provide support in a loving, compassionate way um, but if you are in a place to hold someone accountable, that you be truthful and honest with them. I think that's something that was extremely helpful for me. And something beautiful that comes out of all of this is an opportunity for us to just learn to love ourselves a lot more. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I release episodes every Thursday, again, with the aim of just talking about life and exploring self. My name is Amanda Tran. You can follow me on Instagram at self double underscore podcast and at Amanda Latran. That's L-E-T-R-A-N. I will see you next Thursday. Thank you. Bye.